Hi, this is Rosemary Butler, and I want you to stay and listen to Pantheon Podcasts. Welcome to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party, a Pantheon Podcast. Music, culture, conversation, and good old-fashioned rock and roll. So now, I give you Miss Pamela and her pajama party. Hello, dolls, and welcome to Pamela Bar's pajama party for Pantheon Podcasts. I'm so thrilled to be here again. Today I have the most incredible guest, Bonnie Bramlett. Um, I've been seeing her play off and on for decades. Uh, Delaney and Bonnie and Friends were a band that I used to see all the time with the Flying Burrito Brothers. They would take turns opening for each other. So I got to see Delaney and Bonnie play many times and it's such a thrill. This lady's voice, there's nothing like her voice. It's so raunchy and so real. And, you know, in this talk we have today, she talks about how she gets to that point in her singing where it's really indescribable. So you're in for such a treat. And what else can I tell you today? We have we're up to 50 podcasters on Pantheon and very proud of it. It's all music related. And I'm so glad you're here. So let's listen to Bonnie Bramblett. What does she have to say? There's always gonna be some reason to feel not good enough. And it's hard at the end of the day. I need some distraction or a beautiful release. Memories see through my veins. Let me be empty Oh, and weightless And maybe I'll find some peace tonight In the arms of the angel Far away from here I'm so thrilled to be talking to you, Bonnie, you know. For a long time, like real long, you've been a hero of mine. You've because, been a hero of mine back. Oh, I Shiro's. We're Shiro's. Shiro's, Shiro's, yes. That's right. I used to, of course, see you play with the Flying Burrito Brothers very often. I know. You, you, huh? you guys would take turns of being the headliners yep. all over the place. And I got to see you play a lot. And your voice and your attitude and just your raunch and your freedom has just, I was so impressed by it. Your voice is ridiculous. Thank you. It's my favorite. Love Thank it. You. I don't have anything to do with it. I wish I did, but it's just something that comes through me. What can I yeah. say? I feel guilty about you know. it sometimes. <laughs> I don't work at great. it. I mean, I'm lazy. I don't work at it. It just comes out. Really? My life. It comes out. I don't question why. Well, all the greats say that, that it comes through them, Well, you know, and, yeah. and if someone really is into it and in the thick of it, in the middle of it and, uh, you know, in touch with the divine, they always say, I don't know where that comes from. Dylan huh. says that Dylan, who is a huge hero of mine. It's the art of surrender. It's the art yeah. of surrender. If you surrender, is it? Let, That's wonderful. Yeah, you just have to surrender and let whatever comes out, come out. Well, it sure works for you. <laughs> Still does. Oh. Well, I'm going to start just by talking about Superstar because as a groupie, you can imagine what that song means to me. Well, since it was originally called Groupie Song, oh, I named yeah. it Groupie. So when I wrote it, it was called oh. Groupie Song. And when it was first released, it was Groupie Song. And then I got oh, what, what year? What year oh, was God, that? Oh, I'm not good at years. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Think about it. You know, we'll they wanted, the first release, it was with Eric playing on it. And me saying it was, yeah. it, was uh, it said Superstar parentheses groupie song. 
groupy song. And then we're, we're talking about Eric Clapton, by the way. Um, and w- was that a Delaney and Bonnie release or was that just Bonnie release? Well, it was, uh, I guess it was, a. I don't think it was ever released to tell you the truth. I'm not sure. Uh, Cause it wasn't on any of our albums, but the Carpenters did it first. Right. Yes, the Carpenters did it, and she so did a nice mellow version of the Carpenters. Yeah, <laughs> she did a very mellow version. It was beautiful. She has a beautiful voice, but it's nothing like your version. Hated it. Hated it. <laughs> you hated it. I hated it. <laughs> no. Well, she did not capture. She the didn't want to do it anyway. She hated it too. It was Richard oh. that wanted to do that song. Oh, okay. So, yeah, huh. so he absolutely put his foot down, made her sing that, and she didn't want to, and I could tell. Maybe because of the content? You know, a Maybe lot of people... she didn't know what the hell the song was about. Yeah, the content. What would she know about that? And that's yes. a compliment to her. You know, I mean, a whole... Well, groupies are always misunderstood you know it's just obviously you know what a groupie is it's someone who loves the music wants to be around it that's it absolutely and not just loves the music and wants to be around it my take on it is they know everything about it as well they know who wrote it when you cut it oh, what yeah. studio who produced it i'm telling you these yeah. are dedicated yeah. people. yes that's right it's way more than you know people think it's all about sex it's just it's because our country is so freaking uptight about sex. And Pam, when's the last time you and I chatted about sex? Like never. We have so much more to talk about. And that happens a lot. It's none of my business. I don't care. Yeah. I don't give a shit who anybody all got It's just so ridiculous. But I'll tell you what, some of my most dedicated fans, friends in my heart are ladies that call themselves yes. groupies. Yay. <laughs> that makes me happy. Without you girls, where would we be? We wouldn't even have yes. that. Yeah. There you go. Now, how, did, how did that song come about? You know, there's a lot of controversy, I'm sure, as you, you know, as to who wrote it besides you. you know, <laughs> I you know nobody has a doubt that it's mine. Everybody else fights about it. Go ahead. I know. Leon Russell was supposedly writing it with you and Rita Coolidge. And Rita Delaney. and I wrote Rita and I. Rita and you and we took it to Delaney and Delaney came in and put an arrangement the three of us sang the most beautiful harmony you ever want to hear on it oh do you I'm talking about I'll talk about that in my book because it's a it's a lovely story oh good well Rita Rita brought the song to the table and I hijacked it from her I'm sorry she did. She brought, she made, well, I she think she version. was I think she was thinking more about Eric at that time. I think she shared that with me not long ago and I went, You were you shit. You didn't oh. tell me that. Okay. I didn't know wow. You had designs on Eric's little narrow ass. <laughs> oh well it's a brilliant song. Which version can we play? Because I wanna no, share I, it with people. My version is the one I, I cut last. It's a very small, slow jazz version. Play that one. Okay, well, let's play it right now. Superstar. Long ago, so far away, I fell in love with you. I didn't mean to before the second show Your guitar It sounds so sweet and clear But it's just my radio Oh no you're not really Well, the way I did it this time is the way I, I wrote it. Uh, because it was a lament. I was standing next to my husband and I wanted, don't you remember you told me you loved me? 
remember? Oh. Don't you remember? That's why when she brought that song to me, she said, long ago, so far away, I fell in love with you before your second show. From that line on, it was my song. Yeah. <laughs> I hijacked well, it because I couldn't get to my husband. He didn't hear me. Oh. oh. Well, That's the first time I've ever shared that, ever, ever, Ooh. ever. Oh, I was going to save that for my book, but I've never shared that before, so Pamela. Thank you. Well, the your guitar, it sounds so sweet and clear. It's like, please. I still get chills over that song. Because I, I have a problem with people, people, and then they sing, uh, your guitar sounds so sweet and clear, but it's just my radio, and you're not really here. That's why it's not, you're not really here. It's just my radio. Why do they do that? I don't know. But think about it. Your guitar sounds so sweet and clear. But that's just my radio. And you're not really here. Mm -hmm. Well, I love to hear you sing. Yeah, I love to sing. But anyway, I'm real proud of my version of it. And uh, yes, that's well, the way it's done now. I'm so glad we, we shared it. I bet you guys loved it out there. You're so lucky to hear Bonnie say anything. She's a queen. Oh, come on. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, I ought not to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us why that. Tell us why you ought not to be alive. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> You're very what much alive. I even start. Uh, I'm still standing, honey. So was Leon Russell involved in that song at all? Because he's always mentioned, you know, if you look it up on Wikipedia or, you know, just people saying they really believe that he had. I, you know what, can I tell you something? I don't know. And that's between Leon and Rita. Oh, okay. That's all right. Oh, okay. So that's from that side of it. Okay. Yeah. All, all I right, know is what I did. <laughs> well, you you sang the hell out of that thing. Thank you. Much. And I now I, I love knowing the backstory because you, he was your actual husband, but you still felt the need to express that about the. Delaney and I got married seven days after we got together. After we met, got together. Right. Wow. Seven days. Later. Don't ever do that. Uh, you know, we'd been, well, it would have been just beautifully if we'd have just been friends. We yeah. Have, you, know, you know, I know Becca was meant to be here and, you know, oh, all yes. those girls. That, and she could have gotten here without that involving the government. <laughs> so why did you just a gift a in session? Yeah. Well, it was. It sounds like a pretty wild beginning between you two. Obviously, you there must have been passion Absolute. and madness. It was so for you beautiful. to get married. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was magic. What we did with music, our voices locked in. It was just yes. absolutely magic. It was wonderful. And and you guys played a lot in L.A. How how did that start? How did you even get to L.A. from St. Louis? Aren't you from St. Louis? Yeah, you see, I'm from Granite City, Illinois, which is right across the river. Oh, okay. Yeah. How did you wind up in L.A.? Isn't that where well, you Well, you, you know what? I kind of I, I want to save some of that for my book. But I did wind okay. up in L.A., you know, and I'll, I'll talk about more of that, you know, in, in my Are book. Are you writing your book right now? It's being done right now, yeah. But it's like on a bit of a hole. Chris Epting is writing with me, and he's a great okay. historian. And, oh, good. And That's it, what yeah, you need. He's, he's got, he, as a writer, people will buy probably more of the book for Chris writing and even know who I am. <laughs> well, but I think I he's going to tell that. my truth. Okay, good. You know, good. and I'll tell you what, and he's not, and he is like, he, the reason I chose him was, and I met him through, because he's writing Dave Mason's book, and he wrote uh, John Oates, and John called me and just said, Bonnie, you just trust this guy, man, he's wonderful. 
you know, because he's a huge fan. And I decided to use him because I had a lot of offers, I won't even lie, but I decided to use Chris because Chris admired Delaney. Chris was a fan of ours and he admired Delaney's majesty on stage. Oh, so he saw you perform. Just powerful. He was he directing that band, and we all were on him like a chicken on a June bug. It, no matter what he did, we were right there because we watched him intensely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was, he was very charismatic, that's for sure. Very, yeah. It, when <laughs> I, it was very good, yeah. It was very good. Well, I'm so glad I was in a lot of the audiences. And Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, was that your first record together? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the original, act- it's, it's weird because it was prophecy. The original Delaney and Bonnie and Friends was, the, the first record we ever did was with Stax. Wow, Stax Records. Was- and we went there, we were down there writing songs with William Bell and Steve Cropper at the Lorena Hotel two weeks before Martin Luther King got killed. Wow. You know, yeah. I was pregnant as I could, but when I cut a piece of my heart, man, I was eight and a half, nine months pregnant with Becca. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite version of that song, too. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's play that. Okay. okay. Here's Peace of My Heart by Bonnie yeah. Bramlett. and I yes. absolutely compare notes on that one. And it was because we both got it from Irma Franklin, who's Aretha's sister out yeah. of New Orleans. She cut it first, piece of my heart. And I put it up on oh. my Facebook page so people could see where we got it. Okay. Well, that was kind of you. <laughs> well, you, want to, you want to give props to the sisters, you know what I mean? Because they were our teachers. And it, I, I, what I wanted to share with it wasn't like a lot of people said, why do you want to sound black? I don't sound black. I don't, didn't try to be black or sound black. I wanted to be, I saw the power that black women had in those days. I wanted that power, that freedom. Mm-hmm. I wanted to sweat on stage. I wanted, Tina Turner was a freaking animal. And she was gorgeous and feminine and powerful. And how to be feminine and powerful together, I didn't know yet. Then I saw, there it is. Oops, there it is. (laughs) Yeah, so I wasn't trying to be black because in my young mind at that time, I didn't see a black woman. I saw That's how I am too. That's exactly how I am. woman. That's exactly I saw a how powerful I woman. And I wanted her power, not her color. Her power. That's right. I remember yeah. when I was hanging out with the Hendrix experience. You know, I never even thought of color with him, with Jimmy. You know, it was Yes, I was no was, ready. Yeah. yeah, he was he was just He didn't think of it either. As it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Plaster Caster. <laughs> no, that's not me. No, I know. <laughs> but I mean, okay. you know he won. Now we all he know won. that Jimmy oh, won. I, oh, yes. <laughs> I, I have held the cast. So, yes. He's the big winner. He's the if we can... big winner. <laughs> <laughs> Who came in second? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to oh, say. Oh, Lord. I'm not going to say. My husband. I don't think this is in there, but I'm not sure. <laughs> the one thing I never talk about is size or who was the best, you know? Really? It's no one's business, that stuff. 
right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, because it just is not a competition. No. <laughs> I know people turn it into one. It's so weird. What do you think it's the given that. <laughs> yeah, I know groupies have been given that negative connotation of, of notches on the belt and stuff. That's you know what? That's group. what I resent. I do. I don't like that. Yeah. I, you know, and because I don't care what it is, if it is or isn't, there's just so much more to talk about. Yes. So, so much more to talk about. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Now, how long have you been in St. Louis? Are you, you've been back there because you were in Nashville for a while, weren't you? I, yeah, I'm 20 years. I mean, I, I oh, lived in Nashville. Wow. is still there, yeah. And I came up here to do sense memory. You know what I'm talking oh. about, sense yeah. memory. I wanted to yeah. smell Granite City. I wanted to remember oh. it because this is where it started for me. And uh, yeah. it's almost impossible to be an accomplished woman on your um, at 15 years old. I left town when I was 16, and uh, I'm back, and I did good. And it's just like, okay, so what? You know, it's okay. Granite City's still here. It's my little town. I'm ready to leave, but then the freaking plague showed up, and I'm grounded right. in granite. So, so I'm okay so with being there. grounded here. I love it. I think it's good. So Only you went four there and a half hours from Nashville. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. So you went there for, for the book, really? I did. I thought that's what I should do. I should go home and remember. Mm -hmm. and I, I did. did the same thing when when I was writing on with the band. I, I, uh, I went to my old house. I even got. I even knocked on the door and they let me into my old bedroom and my patio and everything. And the sense memory thing you're talking about was just—it's overwhelming. It's. I know, it's isn't it? People overlook that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really important if you're doing a memoir, if you're writing your story, which I'm very excited about. Do you have I a name think card? I am. I'm not sure yet because it's still, no. it's like on a hold. I mean, nobody knows what to do, you know, because the whole entertainment industry, if you will, or whatever it is uh, now, has changed so radically, not just to oh, the yeah. virus, but computers, you know, I mean. Yeah. How do we sell our music anymore? What do we do? I know. Real, it seems like real music has changed too. I mean, right? I mean, it's just not the same. Nothing's quite the same, but it, it never is, right? Things move on and you have to kind of roll with it. Well, you know, you know when the artist began minding, and I, I don't want that to sound too big, but artists don't mind other people. And we were lucky <laughs> enough. I, I I was lucky enough. Let's. I'm going to speak just for myself here. I was lucky enough to be in this industry when there were no rules, when they just let us go in the studio and do our work, and they didn't care how long we stayed in there. We just wrote our own songs. We cut our own stuff. Uh, sometimes we covered each other. You know. Right. Out yeah, of the, and it was complimenting one another. This is, I love you, and I'm doing this song. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And, uh, I know. And songs really meant something. They meant something. They, uh, they touched people. I, I mean, I've there were so guys in Vietnam playing our music, which made their lives. You know what I mean? I, come on, Stephen Stills yeah. kept a lot of people alive in Vietnam. You know, and I'm only mentioning his one name only because it's a personal thing. But there's a, a lot of, you know, if I, I can't go through the whole list of artists at that time because there were so many of us. And all of us were well, doing our own things. I didn't know yes. how to behave when I got to Nashville and they wanted to book me to go write a song at 10 o'clock in some office. I mean, when I was in Nashville writing with George Jones, and when we did it in the alleys at night, we were in the alleyways. People would be walking up and down the alley, and say, "Hey, what do you got? You got anything in there?" Wayland's asking George Jones, "Yeah, hey, let me play this for you, Hoss." You know, Hoss. That's exactly what he called people. That's Hoss. right. 
Waylon was one of my dudes. I know. Waylon wasn't one of mine, but he was a dear friend. We almost got to sing together. Jesse now allows me to to do a lot of when we do the tribute or what do you call it? I guess it's just a tribute concert in memory of Waylon, where we all do Waylon songs. I always get I've always been crazy. I've always been crazy. Well, I'm the man. I am. <laughs> Tanya Tucker might be the female Elvis, but by golly, I'm the female Waylon. Wow, I sure love that. Well, he was yeah. really important to me. Dreaming my dreams of you. <sighs> they would write. A he song would often that. start his sentences. Um, I'll tell you what. Do you remember that? I'll tell, I'll you, tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why more? I know. Oh, away, and, and, um, you, you've worked with his son Shooter, right? I did accidentally. I think Shooter thought Becca was coming. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, really? I think so. Oh, well, Lord. yeah, your daughter's did a singer I did too. Say, yeah, yes. Yeah, Wayne was so proud of Shooter. And so Jesse, I'm yeah. so proud of that young man. He's a man, man now. I know he sure is. I know him pretty well too. When I first met him in his first band, Stargun, he was only 21 years old, and he said, "You know, I've been wanting to meet you for a long time. You, you're like a long lost weird aunt." <laughs> okay. Okay, Waylon. I know. I you know in those days, of course, we didn't know people were married. I I didn't I didn't know he was married when I was seeing him. And, you know, they could hide that then. They just take their ring off. There was no yeah. way to go uh, find out these things, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't. There was a while there that he wasn't married. Well, he was. Uh, well, he was. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about it out, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know. Yeah. Because yeah. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want that to happen to me if I, when, when I married a musician. You know, so I didn't, I wouldn't have done it had I known, but boy, he sure was fun. Oh, you can't take the weight on the world. You know, it happens because he said yes, yeah. not because she said yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah. hey, you know what I gotta say? What's true is true. And besides that, we thought differently about our behavior in those days, especially the intimate behavior. We added a whole different ball game on it, you know? Well, it was freedom. It was the, it was the, the movement we were involved in. Exactly. It was, was about free love and all of that, right? Uh, so, yeah. of course, yeah. that would play into it. <laughs> yeah, but, you yeah. know, nobody started out. You know, everybody didn't start out that night to do anything. We started out to do yeah. everything. Everything, whatever, whatever happened, it was a very the yeah, feeling in the so. air. People, people talk about that, the feeling in the air, and no one can really imagine the that those sensations of being a part of, of that world. And you were, you know, I was a little younger, um, so my my uh, involvement wasn't as in, up on stage like yours was. <laughs> I was I down in I, I gotta tell you something. It was all over a building at that time. It was just, it just everybody, the fans, you girls, unconditional love was in the yeah. air. Yes, it was it in was. the air and it was everywhere. And I don't know what, we need to reach back and get some of that because what's going on right now is not okay. And Agreed. it's not about love. <laughs> You know, no, there's I'm old hippie man. I want peace and love. Same here. I don't Same know why here. we can't have it again. And well, they, I, I want us to know how to demonstrate right, you know, peacefully and everything. I'd like all that to happen again. I like nobody to get beat up and killed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Of course, we don't want well, anything going on. We didn't have that. No, it's a, it, it, there was no judgment. The, 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 you know, acceptance was, was uh, just part of life. 
you would accept each other and just deal with it? I mean, it's just, it's gotten, it's either love or fear. You know, we live in love or fear and a lot of fear right now. And a lot of, a lot of times it was so easy to just, it wasn't any of my business. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Your business and you know, it was easy to say, you know, it's none of my business what they're doing over there. Yeah. Well, the media hurt me. Yeah, it's so invasive, the media right now, that huh. everyone thinks they need to know each other's business. It's gotten pretty weird consider, compared to when we scary. were you know, doing what we were doing. It's gotten scary to me. Yeah, it, it is scary. So, but, you know, the, the important thing is to keep our, maintain our vigilance of sending out good vibes and love and everything. Our, yeah, and our example. Yeah. People yeah, learn from yeah. example. They don't listen to what you say. They watch what you do. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Now, you, it, it was interesting how you became an actor. How did that happen? I how left my wonder- purse on the top of my car and uh, drove off. <laughs> my purse on the top of my car. What? And I drove <laughs> off. And Al Ruscio, who's a great character actor, I think he's passed now, had an acting class and he found my wallet and my purse. He returned it to me with his card saying acting coach. And so I went because I knew that I would get offered parts because of my accomplishment as a singer. Well, and I also know that all you're a natural, natural ability maybe, but I went to an acting class because I knew I was going to get that opportunity and I wanted to be able to take it and be good. I don't like mm-hmm. to do anything I'm not good at already. You know, and I so want to be good at it already. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And I learned so much because the first thing out of the shoot, I knew that something happened. When I'm in performance, I can be anybody. I can make the audience be anybody I want to be. If I don't like no. where I am, I just go to Carnegie Hall. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I go wherever I want to go. And that is called a circle of life by Stanislavski calls it. And actors know what to call that. And so yeah. when I found out that that had a name, you know, when you're in your zone, in other words. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Now I'm standing outside of my body watching me sing going, damn, you know, blowing my own mind. That sounds crazy, but and it is, but that's part of it. You know, well, that's I, your higher self. You there know, you go. And that's called yeah. you're in the circle of life. Actors do that. When okay. the actors are into their character and they're soaring like an eagle and they know it and they surrender yeah. to it and just let it, yeah. that's a circle of life. So uh, just Stanislavski alone with that circle of life shit got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> circle of light or life? L-I-G-H-T, light. Oh, circle of circle light. Of, that's your oh, life. In other words, phrase. you are in wow. total control of your performance. Oh. And oh. by being in control is that you surrender. Yeah. That's that's the secret, isn't it? Yeah. That, that's, for and me, that, it is. Well, I think it, you know that's what draws people to you because you're in your highest element, right? And, and the people watching want to have, be in that element, too. And you know, that's what a great it, performance is. It allows you to come in. It's yeah. like be, it's yeah. vulnerable to the nth degree. Come in. Yeah. I know that you're not the only one feeling this. Yes. And it's an invitation to step they, into that circle. Yeah, of life. I'm not alone. Yeah. yeah. All great art is like that. That's how I always feel about it. Even I, when I like stand in front of a Van Gogh painting or something, something happens. I'm transformed. Yeah. Right? It's, this, it's just great art of any kind, right? That's what I, now, see who, it, who, I, I see it happen in my audience. And I know that I don't, it didn't translate recording to me. I'm sorry. I don't think it mm, translated mm, in the recording mm, for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. It, because I, I guess I don't see my audience hearing me and on a record i'm not there yes yes, when i'm performing it something happens to the audience just like it happens to me 
I don't know what it is. I've never even asked. That's how much I defend it. I just can't even ask. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty potent. I've had small experiences like that. Um, but as a writer, you know, you're pretty, I'm pretty much alone working, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. But people read it and I've got an amazing response from that telling me how it lifted their lives, you know, by reading my work. So, you know, we, we, as artists, we just keep on, you know, if you're willing and if you're do. willing to share that intimacy mm. and it's not got a name, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's an intimacy yeah, it really doesn't, yeah. that into me see you. Yeah. Love it. You can do that. in the same wavelength, baby. <laughs> Hallelujah, man. I don't know what it is. But it happens to me in gospel music all the time. Yes. In oh. rock and roll occasionally. You, you started in church, didn't you, singing? I started singing in church, yeah. Yeah. It, so many know. of the greats did. So many did. As little kids, like Elvis was a tiny child oh. singing in church. And because everybody encouraged you, nobody told you to shut up. Oh, you know, let yeah. me tell you, people do not understand that everybody is a great singer to themselves. When they sing along with a song, yeah. if they're singing off key, they don't know it until someone else tells them they can't sing. <laughs> and the minute they tell them that, they have stolen a song from a person for the rest of their life. It's horrible to tell somebody they can't sing. Shame on you. Don't ever do it. Well, I, I, I am song. with you on that. Yeah. Someone told me I was I was flat and sharp, and I just stopped singing way back. In See, the GTO, and that's, you know, yeah, yeah, there it that, is. that happened. Yeah. yeah, but I did sing and in the so GTOs. How did you get back to singing, honey? How what? How did you conquer that? Because you sing now. How did well, you? Well, I sang. That? No. I haven't conquered it. That uh, I, w in the GTOs, I sang and I felt unfettered and free. And Frank Zappa was very encouraging. And but after the band broke up and I started auditioning for other bands, and and because I wanted to keep singing, they told me that. So I stopped. Uh -oh. I stopped singing a long time ago. Yeah. Shame on them. Shame on. <laughs> I started writing though, so that's good. And I tried to act for a while. Let's go back to your acting. So you got. Did you like right away get the role in Roseanne that you're so remembered for? Uh huh. I, uh, well, actually, the first first thing I did was faint. I'm gonna live forever. <laughs> and I got like huge acting. Those kids, man, they take me back and they'd say, uh, "Miss Bonnie, close your eyes and before you go out there, close your eyes and look up to the lights." And then look down and open them, and they won't blind you. You won't squint. Oh. And they would tell me things like that, you know. And you know those kids, they could, they didn't have to do that. They're so generous. Artists, artists are always generous. Yes, they really are. Artists. If yes. they're real artists, they are generous. Yeah to share the knowledge and save me time because you know I, I would have spent so much time on my own never having learned those kind of little things uh, you know yeah. That, yeah that artists can share but, with each other but choose not to for some stupid reason are, are you talking about the the kids that played roseanne's children on the show no i was talking about the kids on fame i'm still with my first acting oh, on oh fame. okay <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I knew All a little right. bit by the time I got to Roseanne's show. I'd done a couple pieces already. So I knew a oh, little okay. And I was playing, I guess you wanted to call me Bonnie because she's calling herself Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was cute. Yeah. She, was a, she was a fan of mine. And I'm not breaking anonymity here anymore because that's stupid to even think anybody's anonymous. <laughs> but we met yeah. at that big, do you they had a big CA of theatrical play one Christmas. Well, a lot of yeah. celebrities who were sober at that time in mm -hmm. the programs uh, were starring in it. Roseanne and Tom were one of them. And okay. I was playing Kate Segal's sponsor. 
Oh, Katie. And, and Kate, oh, my God. In, in reality, at that time, Kate was mine, <laughs> was my sponsor in the real world. Okay. And, uh, it was great, and it, it was how Santa Claus stole a bunch of cocaine or something. I don't know. It was really cute <laughs> play. And we did, and Kate sang, uh, what is it, Over My Shoulder by Rapes? Uh, cry on my shoulder. She's a great singer, Katie. Scott. Bonnie, yeah, she sang "Cry on My Shoulder," and I, I was did it with her. You know, we did it as a duet. It was oh. just beautiful. So oh, Roseanne and Tom like were there, and Roseanne, I guess, was a fan of mine, and she goes, mm. "When I was pregnant with my daughters, I know every word to your song, and I remember my favorite moment." And I warmed in, I was so brave that I sang with you and I pretended like I was on stage with you. And it just got me because yeah. I did that to Aretha. When I was coming oh. up and I was pregnant with Suzanne, my eldest daughter, and I, me and Aretha live at the Fillmore, honey, me and Aretha killed them. <laughs> <laughs> but I do that. And so when she said she did that with me, it was just so endearing. And I just, I just thought the world over. I just saw a bad little girl in there that just needed some love, you know. Period. Yeah. Powerful little bad girl, because yes. without minding, she's like me. She's not gonna mind, you know. It's hard to mind. An artist don't mind, you know. So you have to come at them in a little different way, to where they feel like maybe that was their idea, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Anyway. So I, yeah. you know, she, she just said, please be on my show. And I said, of course, I'd love to. That's how that happened. They wrote, wrote me in. They had, they, they wrote you that part, right? Wow. I, I think you worked with my ex-husband on that show. Oh yeah, Michael. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Michael was you on guys, there a I couple loved times you too. when you were there. Yes, the we're, moment. you know, we, we were together 14 good years, you know, interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got together very young. And uh, now we, oh, you know, we're very cute together. <laughs> since we broke up, we are best friends. We're siblings, yes. really, because we're both only children. And we always put our son first. So, so you know. And don't you think that's the way it ought to be? Yes, of course. Uh, yes. I, I, when I read that thing, uh, Edgar Casey on Atlantis, uh, back in the day, you know, because that's when it was yeah. popular on the bus. And so, and they would, when they got married and they grew apart or whatever, they didn't have to hate on each other. They shook hands and thanked each other for what we did. And, oh, I learned this from you. And they were best friends forever exactly. now. Don't you think yes. that's how it ought to be? Uh, that's exactly how it should be because you invest so much time and energy and, I mean, so much love and madness. You know, why negate all that? So and we, another we human being that that's... A, Another human beings that are part you and part them. Yes. You know, yes. They're a part of each other. And if you don't love each other, they won't love themselves. That's right. That, makes sense. And, and That's, I, that was my thought pattern. I've had people say, you should write a book on how to stay friends with your ex, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's all just about love. I don't, I don't, it wouldn't take a whole lot of words to explain it. I don't think <laughs> just uh -uh. keep the love somehow. Keep the love and Keep let go the of the love. other stuff. Yeah. Keep the passion. Doesn't, you know? Keep the memories of the passion. Yes, exactly. You know, what it, happened it, with it, you and Delaney? How long were you guys together anyway? 25 years. Whoa. Long relationship. We didn't divorce. We just separated. You we never, never even divorced. divorced. <laughs> Not for 25 years. Because it wasn't about again. another man and another woman. It wasn't about that. No. But so, it's incredible. You know, why get lawyers and spend all your money fighting each other because the lawyers are and your kids? That's all their inheritance. We so never got lawyers out the two that, that was our, yeah. our uh, rationale. But 25 years with each other. Wow. No, we weren't with career. each other 25 years. We were married oh. for 25 years. Oh, okay. We were with <laughs> each other for six. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. You well, know, Michael and, and, and I... We would have probably been fine and dandy, just like famous and cocaine together don't mix. It, too yeah. much too soon, now it's too late. Well, there was so much of that then. 
Yeah. That, that was the era of It was cocaine. a part of it, yeah. It was yeah, part totally. of it. I mean, you could it, it ask Graham, as you could have, Graham Parsons said this, this is quite, I quote him, you could tell who had the best record deal by the quality of their cocaine. Yeah, and he had the best. You never had it lot of like satin. <laughs> he had the very best there was, and you know. And Graham would come over, like me and Delaney be in the studio, and you remember hearing about Mamaw. Mama, I married Delaney and his mom, and I'll tell you what, I love her, I love her, always have, and she loved me. And so oh. she'd be home, with, and our kids never had a babysitter. Their grandma was there, you know, Mamaw. And so yeah. we were at the studio, and Graham, I guess he'd been on about a three-dayer, you know, and he'd done warm oh. everybody's slab out. <laughs> he'd warm out, you know, and here he comes over, and Here's Mamo, and of course Mamo will sit and listen to you play songs, honey. And he sat mm -hmm. there for three hours and played her mm -hmm. everything he could think of, and she fell in love. Well, you know how easy it is to fall in love with Grandma. I mean, he's just he was, a was man walking. time, yes. Yeah. And he played William. He played uh, Cash on the Barrelhead, son. She loved yes. Cash on the Barrelhead. <laughs> And uh, she talked about him the other day. She died. He's the sweetest boy. Goes to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes to the bathroom a lot. That he's really sweet. <laughs> well, yes, unfortunately, he was very addictive and didn't even make 27. He didn't even uh, get to the 27 club. To the 27 uh, mark. No, he was 26. Yeah. Uh, when he, and I gave him know, a plaque one time and spelled his name. G-R-A-H-M. Oh, he well, wouldn't I, like that. Be better back then. It was in the <laughs> early days. I was only 22. Well, his his name is Ingram. So yeah. it was just shortened to Graham, yeah. But yeah, most people, a lot of people spell it with the H, but you know. I know. He was a very individual. He was a real special person. And of course, I, I babysat his daughter, Polly, and I always felt so rewarded by that that he trusted me with his little daughter mm -hmm. you know and polly i think i mentioned to you earlier she's my goddaughter and her daughter is now 14 and she's my great goddaughter how so, wonderful so, yeah so graham still lives Honey, polly came the, over to my house and i had i didn't know her i'd never met her before and oh. came over to absolutely and i was split up you know after and she came over and showed me love, unconditional love, and I was able to show her that. It was just the most beautiful. The kid just embraced me. Yeah. And it just, it oh. just like I crumbled within myself of, of just love for her. Yeah. And she didn't good. know well, me. You know, she just wanted me yeah. to tell her my memories about her dad. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Same thing with yeah, Galadriel Allman. You know, Galadriel's yeah. been loving me all of her life, and uh, oh, you know, I, maybe what some a reward it is for all those kids to call me Aunt Bonnie. Oh, I'll reward you. You don't have a Grammy. You don't have a hall of anything. I want to be in more than the those kids call me Aunt Bonnie. <laughs> That's so sweet. So maybe some people aren't as familiar with you as I am. Um, why don't we talk about some of the amazing people you have actually worked with besides your, your own band? Okay. Well, I mean, Eric well, Clapton, <laughs> the Allman Brothers. Uh, yeah, mean, it, it, I'll I mean, tell you what, I, I, I'm, I, have to, I have to admit ignorance when it comes to Clapton and the Jeff Beck and all that. I didn't know those guys. Man, I'm, I'm, with I'm a blues man. I come from blues, man. I, I didn't know Eric Clapton. Uh, <laughs> and I I knew B.B. Uh, King and Albert King. I know them. <sighs> so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I get got a guitar. You know, come on. I know Albert King. Don't tell me. So he was this dude. The hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I just didn't know any better. I didn't. No, I agree <laughs> with you as far as the music goes. Um, I mean, okay, well then let's go back to when when you were when when you decided to leave home and pursue a music career. 
who well, had inspired no, 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 you? No, no, no. I had a music career way before I left home. Let me oh, tell really? you something, Pam, you have to know that Ike and Tina Turner, Little Milton, uh, Isaac Hayes, uh, uh, come on, more, who else? <laughs> Oliver Sane, uh, uh, so many artists, they, they played at my teen town. A teen town is the dance party you have in junior high school. So those oh. were our local bands, I and mean, I was those were, and they allowed us kids on stage all the time. Fontella Bass and me were uh -huh. just little kids, and we used to sit on a little Milton stage all the time with the piano player and sing background. And so, wow. you know, I I had a huge career in jazz and blues before I met Delaney. Delaney what, was my well, act when I met him. He was our opener. Okay. I was singing with another guy, Sam the Soul, and Sly and the Family Stone was our backup man. At that time, the Sly was still a disc jockey. So when I met Delaney, Delaney was a shin dog. They were a Beatle band's right. you know, shindig. Yeah. yeah, they were on the shindig. Bass player. He was playing bass. He wasn't even the lead singer. So when, what we did with Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, we replaced Sam the Soul with uh, Delaney. And we got the band yeah. who, uh, Leon, they were all playing with Gary Lewis and the Playboys, honey. Oh, dear. They were not a rhythm and blues <laughs> band. I brought oh. the horn band to the table. Hello. That was oh, me. I believe it. <laughs> well, what, so, what I actually meant was when, when you left, you know, when you were 16 and, yeah. and, and, and left. When I was uh, 16, so, I already sang the dog shit out of everywhere in St. Louis. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I, was, wow. I was singing at 13, 14. And, Stalling uh -huh. Clark, me and John Hartford. Remember John Hartford? No. Should You're I? So young. Gentle on my mind. Gentle on my mind. Oh, oh Johnny love Hartford, that song. Gorgeous guy too. Well, see, he's local here too. So him and I were the kids that were playing. You know, the white wow. kids. Huh? Billy Preston, man. He started when he was like seven or eight. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I would and, say and you, it's, you, it's like when you start in church, the thing about starting in church was my thing, listen, it gave me the freedom and you don't get criticized, you get encouraged and you actually get, uh, I don't want to say punished, but reprimanded for breathing in between syllables. You don't oh. take a breath in between a syllable. <laughs> There's just certain things that you do and you don't do. And you're taught that in church with love. And uh, yes. the choir director, uh -huh. I tell you what, you can take vocal lessons the rest of your life. I send kids to say, what do I have to do to be seen? Go to church. That's what mm -hmm. you really want to know, how to express yourself in an honest way. I'll be honest in yeah. you. Start out there. It's well, a safe yeah, I think place to be honest. Oh, great. A lot of my heroes started in church. Sam Cooke is a huge hero of mine, and he started in church, of course. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we all do. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to play another one of your songs. Um, how about Only You Know and I Know? Did you? That's you good. Write that I wish you had sweet dreams. Do you have sweet dreams? If I MP3 you Sweet Dreams, would you edit it in maybe? Of course. Because that's of the course. song. I mean, it's, un, it's never been released. It's Delaney and oh. I Leon. It's off. It's, yeah, it's, we had to choose between Sweet Dreams and Do Right Woman for the uh, original Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, except no substitute. And so we yes. chose Do Right Woman. But when you hear Leon on Sweet Dreams, and I'll, I'll send it to you in a second, so... But okay. Lee, I mean, I yep. gotta tell you something, dude. We were so bad.
sit around and listen to delaying buying friends i just don't sit and listen it hurts my feelings yeah oh i get that i I don't because i miss what we could i miss what could have been right and what prevented what could have been famous famous some people can be famous and some people can't and drugs and alcohol and the inability to be famous Mixed with drugs and alcohol ruined Delaney and I. It made us jealous of each other and all kinds of stuff. You know, I mean, I don't don't want to tell the old Star is Born story. How many times are you going to make that freaking movie? I'm sick (laughs) of it already. You know what I mean? That's not how it always happens. You know, the guy isn't always destroyed. His balls are cut off. No, it's not. It happens to anybody. It's like. It's like it got to a point to where somebody wanted to produce me and Delaney, oh, hell no. And then Delaney was going to produce another chick singer. And I'm not calling names because I have yeah. a little class. Uh, and I'd say, <laughs> hell no. And you know what I mean? We, it's just that we, okay. we couldn't do it with each other anymore. And we couldn't do it without each other anymore. Okay. And, and there was a it's time when sad. didn't... Didn't Mick want you to sing with him at one point? I did. I sang the original Gimme Shelter. I wrote that part. Wow. I sang, I got pictures of the session. and Oh, I'd love to see that. And I got, we got uh, uh, Delaney and Mick. 
didn't get off or whatever happened, uh, Delaney walked out and I walked out with him. Oh, so and Delaney they, just and they was hired, jealous? I can't, I, see, you know what? I can't write his book. He's dead. Right, right. And I can't, I won't yeah. do that to him. I am not going to defame him in any way, shape, or form. I adore oh, I'm him. Sure you I hate what happened, but I love the shit out of him. <laughs> I, I suppose there's no recording. But I loved him, and he loved me, too. Oh, I'm sure. Right. It was it a was, beautiful was, love story. Too bad. It was very tempestuous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that me? What, what, <laughs> so to speak. Um, is there a, a, a recording of your original vocals with, with on that song, or just photos? I'm... I'm there's a recording. I cut the damn song. I, I wrote that part. Love Center, just a shot of it. Screaming like that. That's all. She sang note for note, lick for lick, everything oh. I knew. Oh, well, where is the original recording? I did. The Rolling Stones have it. They Stones do. have it. They own that tape. They got it. Well, I'd love to get a hold of that and listen to it. It was good. But, well, you, you know, you're... like I told you, the Laurel and Hardy thing, you know? You walk out, I walk with you. Yeah. But we were that way. We were like really uh, Oh, well. You know, uh, Lucky, my my, uh, my godson, Lucky Otis, Mercy, you know, Miss Mercy passed on a month ago. Oh, So that was no. real. Yeah, that was real I'm devastating. So sorry, but Lucky, her son is my godson. Oh. And, and he, he's got a history, a real interesting history, too you know, crazy. Johnny Otis was his, um, he's still performing. Um, he was I mean, in Johnny yeah, Otis. He lives in Macon, right? Uh, no, lucky. Shuggy, his father, Shuggy Otis. They're, they're yeah. all here in, in the LA area, <clears throat> but he's my godson. Yeah. <laughs> he's a character. He got mercy and well, Shuggy. All them sisters are in, in, uh, Macon is why I asked. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, Mercy hitchhiked. Uh, she was a real Stax person. She loved you, by the way. Oh, my oh. God. She was such a huge fan of yours. I wish I had not. Yeah, Stax Otis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Johnny remember Otis a while ago when we were talking about uh, the black women and how I wanted the power. I was looking for the power, not, you know. Uh, yes. David Porter, speaking of Stax and Otis, uh, Texted me back and it said, you know, hey, and we, so now we're in touch again. But David and Isaac, oh, oh, Lord have mercy, and Otis. There's Otis Redding. David told me one day, Otis Redding told him, David, one of these days, I'm going to be a millionaire. Oh, a millionaire. God oh, loves him. He was such a great one. So it's interesting how, though, at, at your tender age, you were hanging out with all these African-American musicians. Yeah. You just loved their music, huh? You just were yeah. drawn to that sound. Love them. Love their music. Love them. Love them. Love them. Still. <laughs> always win. Yeah. I know. Boy, it's, it's a rough and time right now. And I guess, you know what? It was, I, I guess they... Uh, they loved me back here. And then I know I prepared me for coming out to California that I would meet a different kind of a black person out there. And I yeah. did. I met Sly. <laughs> First <laughs> person I met out there is Sly Stone. <laughs> well, it's about as different as you can get, I would <laughs> think. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, howdy. But what a jewel in my crown is Sly Sylvester Stone. I him. I know he's hard worked. So am I. But it's worth it. He's worth it. Is he still I with us? He's got gold. I, I, I always will say that the boy has gold. Oh. oh. Well, you've had quite an amazing life, and you're continuing it. You're writing Thank a you. book, which is so exciting. And I'd like to, you know, we've been talking an hour, and that's a, the time we have. Thank you. Didn't that go fast? Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, I would like to 
end on another song. So which, which song would you like us to play on as the exit to our interview? Oh, boy. Hmm. Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, do you, on the Roots, Blues, and Jazz album, I do a Chuck Berry song. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, No Particular Place to Go. Oh, and, love it. As a chart. Now, let me tell you something. The chart was written by a keyboard player at that time. It's with the uh, Mr. Groove Band. And I worked with them for 30 years. They've been my gospel band and everything else. And Steve Willett did this chart. And it's an incredible chart. I had no idea that No Particular Place to Go was so sexy. Oh. Did you ever think of that song as a no. sexual song? No, I didn't. Have a listen, sweetheart. Have okay. a <laughs> All right. And that's a perfect place to end, isn't it? <laughs> yes, oh. I am. <laughs> I love you, Pam. Well, I loved you, too. It was so great to see you. And I always out. have, and I always will. Mwah. Same Ooh. to you, honey. Back to you, baby. Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel I stole a kiss at the turn of a mile My curiosity running wild Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go Wasn't that special? Oh my God, I could talk to her for hours. We really just got started, but what a blessing. How about the song that she gave us that no one's ever heard before? Sweet dreams. Oh my God, are we lucky or what? So you've been listening to Pamela Daybar's Pajama Party. Um, I'm going to be doing this for a long time, I hope. And I hope you tune in. And you can reach me at PamelaDaybar.com. I have writing workshops, rock tours as soon as the virus is over. Um, I have a Patreon now too, so please join me there. And I do cameos, so hit me up, as they say, dolls. And I will see you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party, produced by Aaron Alden and Christian Swain. All sound design by Jerry Danielson and Busy Signal Studios. Find Miss Pamela at Pamela DeBar on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Find all the Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you find great podcasts. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Pantheon Podcasts. Rock and Roll Archaeology on Instagram and Pantheon Pods on Twitter. <laughs>